0: more responsibility you have, the more it can feel like a burden, the more burdensome it can become. But I think you have to realize we're given that responsibility for a reason.
1: So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know? And could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Do you view increased responsibility as a blessing or as a
0: burden? Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. I'm Dale Carmi, sitting here with my brother, Brian, again, we're starting another episode here. Uh, with a question and yeah, that's a good one. I got to say, I think I've fallen on both sides of the coin on that one. Is that both? Yeah. I've answered that question both ways. How about
1: that? Yeah. If you're falling on both sides of the coin, that's awkward. That means I have to fall
0: twice. I fall once on one side and then I turn it over and I fall again on the other. Look, we, I think we were just talking about this and we've gone through some things recently. It really can feel like a burden. And in the moment, the increased responsibility, whether that's of a business, whether it's of a family, whether it's uh, just in your community, whatever that is, the more responsibility you have, the more it can feel like a burden, the more burdensome it can become. But I think you have to realize we're given that responsibility for a reason and there are things we can do with it. So I don't know. Let's, let's go through this episode and see. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, it kind of dovetails a little bit into the part of the story we're in. So we're walking through You know, at this point, November, December of 2004, and we have kind of in a a new place where we have, now we're not just selling and selling in Albuquerque. We have this national network of dealers across the board, and we've had these product challenges. We talked about it uh, on the last episodes of problems with the product. And so we started to see this opportunity for all of the product is made in Dalton, Georgia, right? All the turf pretty much yep. in the country at this point is made in Dalton, Georgia. And w- we decide we need to go down and just see what's going on down there.
0: Well, sure. We're, we're at this point two years into our business um, and we have no idea how it's made, where it's made, who makes it, who makes it. Uh, we, we don't know any of that. In, in a situation where we have um, compounding problems, um, growing challenges because of our increased responsibility, right? Or what what increased that responsibility was, as we've talked about, we started setting up dealers. We're starting to to get people in different markets wanting to do what we do. So there's a certain level of, well, we need to, we need to get some control here. If we're going to have the responsibility, we want some control to go with it. So we make our first trip down to Dalton sometime in the fall of Two thousand four.
1: Yeah, and we, and we talked about it a little bit. And again, I don't want to get too into the weeds on the, the turf. But the way this one of our particular styles of turf was made, and it was our primary line, we had alternating rows of grass. So we had a straight row, a curly row, a straight row, curly row. And as silly as it sounds, if you got two straight rows or two curly rows together, you got straight. a racing stripe, right? And so we've seen this, and and we started complaining about it, and we started complaining about, and and Dale, you know this better. Right? How many how many needles or how many rows of turf or across a 15 foot somewhere
0: range? around 480
1: around 480 right and so we go down and the first trip we take we're meeting with <laughs> a, one of our manufacturing partners and we're talking to them about like we have four racing stripes in this grass and they're like wait so four so you're telling me across these 480 needles we only got four wrong that's better than 99 percent accuracy nobody can complain about that and we're just sitting there dumbfounded uh, and looking my, at them. Like, like,
0: I think my jaw hit the table
1: on that one. <laughs> Are you serious? Like this is, that's not an acceptable mindset. From our standpoint, it was zero.
0: It was zero accuracy. out of one. You had yeah. you had one thing, a product, and it was wrong. So your accuracy was zero. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, th- so that was an interesting perspective. That was, uh, unfortunately at that time, a manufacturer's perspective. And not anybody that we currently work with nope. or... Uh, that that relationship ended pretty pretty well, that, soon that, after right. after that meeting and that discussion
1: so at this point we we're still working through the sports field company and and this was their manufacturing partner and after that meeting after they said well that's ninety nine percent accurate that's that's as good as you're going to get we looked at it we we said, said we, we got we need to make else. a change right and so that led to uh, the introduction of a new manufacturing partner
0: we met with the the company stR synthetic
1: resources and there was a gentleman there mike mike uh Mm -hmm. who was just a tremendous resource and and he taught us a lot he gave us a tour showed us how things were made we started talking about this and it was like a breath of fresh air we're like okay we finally have a potential solid manufacturing partner here that we can trust
0: yeah i gotta tell you i it it couldn't have been the first time we met mike because i think Maybe it was. I, I can't remember if we met him to talk about what we wanted before we got. But the first time we went there, and he pulled out a rule of, roll of grass they would made for us, to our specs, that alternating rows and the right pile height, the right weight. And he rolled it out, and we looked at it, and there were no strike, stripes, no streaks. We got <laughs> down on joy. our hands and knees, and we're like touching this grass as it rolled out in this warehouse. And I, I mean... I, I, I might be hyperbole, but I almost cried there. Yeah. It was like, oh my goodness, somebody can make what we need what we're asking for. That was a, that was kind of a remarkable moment.
1: So we still had a few issues beyond that where we were getting roles that were the wrong length or the wrong height or other things. And even after we started working with <laughs> STR, and and so we started pushing back like, hey – well, and I think more
0: than anything, what we were getting there was product wasn't available. We were ordering. Yeah, that, was that too. This was November, December when we met Mike and STR, and, and and they showed us they could produce the product without errors. And now we're into Feb- uh, January and beginning of February, and we're placing orders, and they're like, well, there's a hold up at the plant. This isn't going to ship. We can't get this out. And we're like, what in the world is going on?
1: And, and that's well, what we, kind of... But well, we did have the one where we were complaining about the height. You guys made it the wrong height. And Mike pulls oh, out the purchase us the order and shows sheet. Us the, the specs are sent in, and they made it exactly to the specs. So it was lost in translation going through that sports field process. company. But then beyond that, yes, there were orders not shipping, and it, it ended up being, um, let's call it a billing discrepancy <laughs> a- or a payment discrepancy with the company we were working through at the time. And so long story short, we started to realize we need to be more in control, right? We can't yeah. go through this third party. There are problems with, um, you know, payments running through them, and are they making it to the, the right place at the right time? There are problems with the specs maybe not being translated properly. And so, we realize we have this responsibility, right? We have these dealers that are out there that not just us in Albuquerque, like. If we get a role with the racing stripes in it, we had gotten we pretty good at figuring it. it out, right? We can cut them. We can tweak. We can deal with it. But when you have dealers that their business is now counting on this, we felt this added responsibility. And at this point, it felt more like a burden. It was a burden. <laughs> it was but, but maybe a healthy burden. And um, right, so, it, Right. It was an added responsibility
0: that felt like a burden. But in Hidden, it was a blessing because it drove us to get better and move forward.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, a little bit of that is really, and we, we talk about this, it's a shift in perspective, right? Do we look at this added responsibility as, do we look at that as a, a burden or a blessing? And I think you know, for me, there is a there's a little bit of yeah, you know, well, not a little bit. It, it comes to a faith thing for me, right? If this is an opportunity that God has given me, I've got to believe that He's going to give me the resources to take care of it. And if I look at it as this is just an opportunity that is all on my shoulders, it's a really heavy burden. It's a heavy weight. And so I think even today, as we look at it, and, you know, we have you know a team over over a hundred people in our office here. We have what we six hundred plus uh, across the country that. You know, work for for or one of our dealers, and you know, as we look at that, that can be a very weighty thing. And there's a health healthy side of that that says, "Hey, be be smart, don't screw up." But when I start to get that feeling of, "Oh my goodness, there's so much weight on my shoulders," to me, that's a time where it really it strengthens my faith or deepens my faith and deepens me going to God, saying, "Hey, you put me in this position." Help me out. I yeah, need give me you. Give me the resources.
0: Give me the strength. Give That's me what right. I need.
1: And we were talking before we went on air. This, this, you know, is something we feel as a as business owners, right? But I think this applies across the board. We we talked about it as parents. You know, uh, you look at kids. You know, I, I know Angie with the four kids at home. If you look at the kids, and they're not home anymore, but back <laughs> in the day, um, you've got these kids. If if you look at them as a burden, and, oh my goodness, look at everything I've got to do, and and it becomes very heavy and weighty. But if you look at it as a blessing and you realize, hey, this is an incredible opportunity. I have an opportunity to make impact that I otherwise never would have if I wasn't in this position um, and realize, no, maybe you can't do it all on your own strength, but you can You can rely on your faith. You rely on God to give you the resources. It's just that shift of perspective is huge.
0: Yeah. And and like you said, it's across all, it's not just business. It's It's home. It's work it's church it's communities it's any chance you have to to um to deal with your increased responsibility and and what you do with it so so back to our story you know brian you were i don't know you got the idea to start looking at okay who makes artificial turf so we knew we'd met with a company that had been manufacturing for us Mm -hmm. we found this new entity that was making some product for us but We didn't know them directly. We didn't know it was available. So you just started researching.
1: Well, we made the decision that we needed to go outside this sports company that we had been working with out of the New England area, right? We, We just couldn't continue to work with them. So we needed to go directly to a manufacturing partner. So I just jumped online and tried to find manufacturing partners. And really, I honestly started cold calling some. And I don't remember exactly how it worked out why it worked out this way, but we, we didn't have the money for both of us to go. And Ty was down in Florida and Ty was going to drive up from Florida and you were going to fly out from Albuquerque to Georgia. And you guys were going to meet there and visit all these different manufacturers. And I just decided my job was to call and get these set up. And, um, I called and I don't remember, I think we set up five or so, five, five. Uh, but one that I remember plain as day, um, maybe because it ended up working out really well but i called and it was tied to this str i actually don't think we knew that at the time
0: right but I don't, I, when we say earlier we met with str i don't even know if we knew who str was we met a man that's named right. mike who had a product that he made for us that's what we knew
1: yeah so i got a hold of this guy his name was tom peoples and, and I remember talking to Tom and he was a pleasant man. And I said, hey, you know, my brother, Dale, you know, my name is Brian. My brother, Dale's coming down and Ty's going to be there. We'd like to, to just meet with you and talk about options. And he said, well, Brian, that's an easy name for me to remember. My brother's name is Brian. And that started a conversation and um, we get this meeting set up. So I remember, I remember the job I was on. I happened to be out by myself working on an install that day. I don't know what, where any of the other crew was, but I was working on a project and you and Ty were down in Dalton and you were going through these meetings and I just kept getting these update calls. Okay. We just had our first meeting and here's how it went like this. Didn't like this. This guy couldn't say a sentence without swearing may not be our guy, <laughs> you know, who that is. but, um, but yeah, Ty, so I was just sitting there and it was, yeah, you, it was you were, exciting. You were getting
0: the play-by-play, but man, Ty and I were down on the field. So so Ty and I go down to Dalton and we have these five meetings set up. And the first meeting happened to be with STR and, and Tom Peoples. And, and look, a lot of times we use, we just throw out names, first names. Sometimes they might be the right names. Sometimes they might not. But we're using Tom Peoples because the Peoples family has become incredibly close friends of of ours. They're part of our story. So you kind of know where, where this story is going to go as we go forward. But what had happened was the AstroTurf company had filed bankruptcy. They had put us out, right? That yes. was who we were with the, the year before. And over that next year, somewhere in there, um, the People's family bought the AstroTurf company out of bankruptcy. They
1: bought the assets out of bankruptcy. That's right.
0: And so to me, I'm, I'm at a distance. I don't understand all of this. To me, they are AstroTurf. They are the people that put us out of business. They're the the company that still owed us money for the field we had installed in Deming. This was not like a meeting I was looking forward to or something that I thought had any real potential walking into.
1: And on top of that, on top of them, this, this company going out of business, owing us significant amount of money. We started to get these collections (laughs) calls from some guy named Stan. Right. And and it's so funny because we ended up meeting (laughs) this guy, but at the time I just remember, Hey, Dale, some guy named Stan called he and he said, calling. we owe them money. I'm like, we don't owe you money. You owe us money. And then we're just, I was just irate that this company yeah. that I mean, literally had pulled the carpet right out under our feet. Now, what we didn't realize at the time was that Stan worked for the company that had bought the assets out of bankruptcy. It had nothing to do. He was working for the people's family, had nothing to do with all of the troubles that we were dealing with. But in to my us, mind, he
0: was a bad guy.
1: Yeah. So uh, honestly, they were kind of the villain. And I think you went yeah. ahead
0: and told them that. Well, I did. So so we walk in. I remember we go up to the second floor conference room down there at their office. And, and we're sitting there. And and Tom Peoples is in the room. And I don't think we. I met Brian right away. I think he, he came in a little bit la- later. That's Tom's brother. And I got a chance to meet Shelby a little bit later. But Tom was sitting at the head of the table. And we're at this conference room. A couple other people there. Mike was there. And, and Ty and I were there. Yeah, you know, Tom's just like, "Well, hey, hey, gentlemen, let's get to know each other, let's introduce ourselves." And they were they were talking, and they came to me, and I said, "Look, this might sound kind of odd, but I got to tell you, sitting here, I feel like Darth, like Luke Skywalker sitting at the table with Darth Vader." <laughs> and I motioned to him. So that's not a great. It's <laughs> probably not a great introduction to a business meeting to tell somebody I feel like Darth Vader. I mean, I, I feel, feel like Luke Skywalker. And you are Darth Vader, and he was just kind of like, oh, "Wow, what, what do you mean by that?" So that was the start. It was there. There are so many humorous things about this, and I think this is one of those things you can say, right? God has a plan and God has a purpose, because if it was left to my own wisdom and my own judgment, I probably would have never had that meeting, and some of the things I said and the way we handled ourselves probably wouldn't have resulted in a long-standing relationship, um, but. It did. But so, so we had that meeting with, um, that group and then that was done. We're like, okay. And we told them, you know, we're, what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to find somebody to manufacture turf for us. And guys, we were small, we were little insignificant business at that time. And, um, but they gave us the time. They gave us the attention. We walked out the door, went went right next door and met with another company. And then we went round robin. We had five different places we went to and met. And after every one, we'd call Brian. Ty and I called Brian and say, all right, here's the deal. We met with these guys. Here's what I liked. Here's what we didn't like. Here's what we think. On to the next one. And uh, you know, there were some, it was, oh, I don't know that these people were really going to be able to produce or provide the variety we want or the quality we want or the one it's like every other word was a swear word. I think he was trying to impress us with it and it kind of turned us off and all
1: this and that. So at the end of the day, which just a side note, if you're in a business meeting, you never impress someone with vulgarity. So if you're not sure, just take the road of don't use those words and you're better off. It's pretty easy. Anyway.
0: So we ended up coming back and we had a second meeting with, uh, Tom and his group, and uh, that was it. To us, we got to meet uh, Shelby Peoples, who was a, a tremendous man, and uh, you know, uh, became so impactful in our life over the next decade and beyond. Um, but that that was our choice. It was like, uh, you know, I, I think we found it. And I don't know, Brian, in our story, if we're how far we want to take this. Um, well, you know, I, commitment what we did there, but. Right. We we had questions. We had to search for answers. We had and what drove this was the increased responsibility. That's right. What drove it was that feeling of the burden because we were trying to handle it all ourselves sometimes and we needed to correct this. And and what we realized is that burden wasn't a burden. It truly was a blessing because that burden is what drove us to look for a better answer, what created the opportunity we found with the people's family what created a long-lasting business partnership and friendship what gave us products that we would that we're still using to this day um all drove out of that opening question we had here
1: yeah so i mean right in summary we ended up creating a great relationship there that still survives to this day the the friendship side and you know they're still manufacturing partners of ours but had we not gone through the challenges with the turf, right? We, we were at the time feeling like these challenges, these stripes, if, you know, if this sports field company just could have figured it out and gotten it right, we wouldn't have had to dealt with any of this stuff. If we didn't have those difficult times, and if we hadn't felt that added burden of these dealers, it, we never would have had the opportunity presented. And sometimes what feels like the worst thing is actually the best thing that can happen. We've
0: said that a couple times to this point. <laughs> that but but I tell a you, theme. That, that is something that really uh, it needs repeated because guys, we we live a life of challenges. We really do and we I remember one of our episodes we talked about the peaks and the valleys. You spend more times in the valleys than you do in the peaks. At least I know I have. Yep. And you have to realize that those valleys have a purpose and good can come out of them. Good is on the other side. There's going to be a peak that follows. Um, you just need to stay with it. And, and I like, we have a note written down here that says, sometimes you're always and your nevers can change. Uh, walking down to that trip in Dalton, I could have said I would never do, never business, do business with, with, with the AstroTurf company because yep. in my mind, AstroTurf, the name was associated with our first business And so whoever was part of that was now associated with that first business. And that changed. That was there were different people, different ownership, different company. Um, so I had to take that never out of my mind. And and there's certainly you can go the other way too, always. when this this always happens or you know i'm always going to do this that that can change you have to be open to that
1: and that doesn't mean you compromise on core values it's it's not no. what you're talking about i mean you know always operating with integrity that part isn't <laughs> going to change but the the methods the 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 little uh, decisions you make along the way that say this is how we operate this defines us there are times where you've got to step back and say hey that that might need to change a little bit and often often at the beginning of the year is a great time. You know, I know that's the time frame we're in right now. And we use that beginning of the year as a time frame to step back and look at the business and say and look at our lives, say, where are we? Where do we want to be? What do we want this next year to look like? So maybe that's something that you can do right now. And then the other takeaway, I would say, is that perspective shift. And that can be from. You know, when you feel, you know, maybe you've got a team of people or you've got a house full of kids or you've got whatever, and you're feeling this added burden, that perspective shift to seeing it as a blessing can really change the way you make decisions and operate on a daily basis. And the same thing in the difficult times, the perspective shift to see it from, oh, this is a challenge. This is su- such an awful thing to, hey, what's the opportunity here? Perspective shift can make a huge impact in your final results.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, one of, one of our frequent prayers has been asking God to open the doors. You want us to walk through and close the doors. You don't, um, and, you know, give us wisdom and discernment to see that and understand that.
1: I, I, that prayer I've prayed so many times. And then sometimes you get the answer.
0: Yeah, and it's like you, it's like no God that you opened the wrong <laughs> door. You
1: weren't right there. <laughs> it's dude. like
0: I am certain that's not the door we're supposed to go through. So let's close that and look for another door. And, and you know there are times I've closed that door and walked away, and guess what? I end up back at that door yeah. because you know, if that's the door you're supposed to go, go through, God's going to keep directing you back to that until you step through. And then you go through it and you realize, huh?
1: He was this, right.
0: This was the right one. Um, so. So be willing to keep your mind open, keep your heart open, keep your, your, your eyes and ears open for um, what is right, what is good, but more than anything, from, from my perspective, where God is leading you and where He's directing you, uh, and sometimes it may not look or feel like the right spot. But if if you're following that lead and if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it'll work out.
1: So we will dive back into the story and what happens next, uh, next week. But hopefully you finding joy in this podcast. If you do, we'd love to hear back from you. You know, give us a review or shoot us an email at podcastforeverland.com and let us know your thoughts. And uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week.
0: Let's go out and make an impact. This is a Fred Carmi, reminding you that faith looks
1: up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.